Welcome back to Stay in Your Lane, everyone. Today we've got uh, Dan North visiting with us again. Dan, good morning. Morning. Dan is a senior economist in North America for Allianz Trade. Uh, great wealth of knowledge on what's going on in our economy and what to watch for in the future. So, uh, Dan, it's, it's been about a quarter since we talked. Uh, we're hitting the end of the second quarter's numbers or should be out. Uh, I guess uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Okay, thank you very much, John. I certainly appreciate your, uh, your having me back. I'm gonna start off by showing a few charts um, and I think that'll help make things clearer. Now, I'm gonna start with the good news um, because it's a little bit hard to find these days, but I wanna start with the good news. And the good news is that consumers still have some excess savings. You know, there's a lot of text on these pages, but I'm gonna go right to the heart of the matter. Consumers still have excess savings. That's all that money above that horizontal dotted line that's been saved up that they can use to spend. They can also use credit cards to spend because this is their household debt service ratio, real low, so they have the ability to take on more credit card debt. And they currently have consumer confidence. So they have the willingness and the ability to spend. And that's what they've been doing. Personal consumption expenditures here, that's 70% of all economic activity. And it's been growing at over 6% since COVID as opposed to that 4% long-term average. We also have work in the pipeline. So this survey on the left is a uh, the ISM services survey. It's watched by economists fairly carefully. And the trick with these surveys is when it's above 50, things are expanding. So you see the brown line is new orders. It's above 50, which means new orders are still increasing. The fact that it's going down just says they're not as increasing as fast as they were before. And the backlog of orders, the blue line, still increasing, still work in the pipeline. And over on the right, are new orders for durable goods, new orders. So this is stuff that's coming in the door that will provide employment, economic activity going forward. And we do have a strong labor market. Over on the left there, jobs created, that's that, uh, that's that tan columns there. And you can see that there's been a lot of jobs created since the uh, since the um, you know the COVID shutdown, which was way down here, and the blue line is the unemployment rate down towards that previous 50-year record of three and a half percent. So it's the employment rate, the employment market is pretty strong. Okay, so I've got people spending money. We have confidence. We have work in the pipeline and a strong labor market. But as we know, we have some big problems as well. We have roaring, raging, blistering inflation. That chart on the left is the consumer price index. It's the one that's most commonly referred to. And it's now at 9.1% year over year. That's the highest in over 40 years. This is a 70 year chart. You have to go back into the 80s, 40 years ago to reach this level. And last month's monthly increase just in one month 
was the biggest in over 42 years. So inflation will still be with us for a while. Chart on the right shows the components of inflation and guess who's number one there at the top. You can see it's fuel oil up 98.5% over the last year, followed by energy commodities, motor fuel, and so forth. It's, you know, it's very heavily concentrated in energy. And then you get down here, here's food, that's 12% year over year. See, this is hurting not only diesel drivers, but lower income people because they have to pay for gas and food. And that takes a bigger chunk out of their income. They can't not spend it. So there's much less left over. Now, it's not just, so here's the all items. All, everything is 9.1%, but it's not just food and energy. Here's what we call the, the core. It's all items without food and energy. And that's growing at almost a record high of 5.9%. You see that last red bar, shelter? That makes up 32% of this index. And it lags behind the rest of the index. So it suggests pretty strongly that shelter, rent, is going to keep adding to inflation going forward. Sure, gasoline prices have fallen in the last month. So we do expect to see the headline overall fall, but shelter prices are still going to be affecting it. So we've got this hot inflation and we also have wage inflation. This is nominal wage increases of 5.1%. That's great. We haven't seen that much wage increase in a long time, decades. But after you strip out the inflation, you get to this brown line, this real inflation, it's down to minus 3.9%. In other words, wage earners are falling behind because of inflation. Well, the Fed has really made a mess. They kept too much easy money for too long. And then they kept saying inflation is transitory. Don't worry about it. And then after they said, well, it's not transitory, I guess, they waited four more months. In fact, they continued to loosen policy for four more months after that. The trouble is it takes three to five quarters for changes in monetary policy to have effect. So they're not going to be fully felt till the end of the year. Now, this chart on the right, each dot is when the Federal Reserve historically has started a cycle of raising the Fed funds rate. And I'm going to say down in this corner, it's like driving a truck. You see a traffic jam ahead, and you know that there's lots of traffic tailgating you behind. You want to start braking here, down in this lower left corner, because that way you're going to stop before you get to the traffic in front of you, and you're going to stop slowly enough that the traffic behind you doesn't crash into you. The last place you want to brake or start braking is here. You've slammed on the brakes. It's too late. You're crashing into the traffic in front of you and the traffic behind you is crashing into you as well. This is the worst place you want to be. And that's where the Fed started this time. Worst possible place. You wanted to be back down here. That's why they're having to be so aggressive uh, on raising interest rates. And what this is going to do is it's going to do this thing called inverting the yield curve. And that yield curve is that blue line 
it's really just a difference in interest rates. And without going into a lot of detail, when the blue line goes negative, going back here 50 years, it's followed by a recession. That's GDP growth, the TAN. Happens here, happens here, the blue line goes negative, recession, happens here, happens here, happens here. And this is a little out of date. I just wanted to do the quarterly to show you that that's how it works. There's a three to five month lag between when the yield curve goes negative and you get a recession. That's quarterly. Here's daily data over here. That yield curve has now been negative for 16 days. So it's a pretty strong indicator. And it's not just the yield curve. There's some other things like this difference between what consumers feel about things now and what they expect in the future. When that gets really negative, it's associated with recessions too. These gray columns are recessions. You can see every time that blue line goes down, it's followed by a recession. And spikes in oil prices and asset bubbles like housing. You also should note at this point that we're starting to see some weakness in the labor market. It's not showing up in the top line numbers. Look at all this layoffs that we're getting now. 8,000 people from Ford, 2,000 from Lone Depot, et cetera. Whole list there. Interesting chart in the, in the middle, Bloomberg story count of hiring freezes. Initial jobless claims, that's going up. And that is, uh, that is a leading indicator. Those are a few of the things that help spell out what's happening and why the Fed is important what it does with, uh, with the interest rates really does affect us. The information is phenomenal. The, the graphs, the, the amount of work you put in, I, I can't say thank you enough. And I hope our viewers uh, take advantage of all the knowledge and the information. You said something on the previous meeting where we had sat down. Um, there's only two things that drive our economy in the United States. The government policy, fiscal policy, and consumer confidence. Those are the two major things that you shared. Is that correct? Yeah. What's really drives 70% of economic activity is consumers. What consumers buy every day, you know, gasoline, food, clothes, anything you can think of buying every day. That stuff's got to be produced by somebody. Fiscal policy is taxing and spending. And Recently, in the past couple of years, that helped to a certain extent, helped us recover from the COVID shutdown, but it was too much. It was too much, and that's one of the contributors to inflation. And typically, I'd also say fiscal policy run by Congress and the administration basically is kind of driving up our debt level constantly, which will slow future growth. Monetary policy runs interest rates. As we can see, that's critical right now. Where we were a quarter of ago when we first sat down, it, you said three to five quarters, which would put us, you know, maybe at, at maybe the feeling the most of it or the brunt of it there at the second quarter period of 2023. Are you still seeing that? That is about what we were going to what we're going to feel for maybe the worst of it. That would be my guess. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's three to five quarters. It's been as little as two. I think the point is that this year we should still have positive growth, but 2023, the future is what we have to worry about. Now, let me show you one more thing here. 
<clears throat> there's also something else coming out. On Thursday is the first estimate of Q2 GDP. And if it's negative, people are going to start to say, oh, we're in a recession already. There's some problems with that. The first quarter was negative only because we had negative net exports, which meant we were consuming more than the rest of the world. So that's not so bad. The definition now is not two consecutive quarters of uh, negative GDP growth. And finally, I would say, who cares? GDP tells us what happened in April, May, and June. It's a recession is a label. What we want to do is look forward. And that's what I tried to show is some of the things that are looking forward, like the yield curve and the consumer uh, expectations. Those are telling us more about the story in 2023. So if you hear this news on Thursday morning that, oh, we're in a recession, be careful about hearing that because there's some caveats there. Right. It's like peeling back the onion. You need to look a little closer at understanding where are we at, where are we going moving forward, you know, the, the deeper, more intelligent perspective. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's where, you know, you get negative first quarter, it's like, okay, that's the headline. Sometimes the details really do matter. And that was the case, which actually is showing that our consumers were consuming, they were just consuming a lot more imports than the rest of the world was ready to take from us. So it actually, you could interpret it pretty well as a sign of strength. And, um, you know, again, we have to be careful about the definition. And, you know, we'll see if it's negative. The consensus is it'll be positive but weak, but there's some credible people saying eh, it could be negative. Wow. Well, um, every time I sit here and, and talk with you, I feel like I learn a ton. Um, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I would love to get on your calendar for October, September, October, and, and we look at it again and see what you're seeing and, and share with, with uh, all of our viewers. Uh, the knowledge and skills that you have uh, developed. Um, it, I, I'm like a kid sitting on the edge of the bed just waiting all the time. So, uh, Dan, I appreciate it. I can't say thank you enough. Uh, we love having you on Stay in Your Lane. And uh, if you need anything from us in the future, don't hesitate to give us a shout. Thanks. Thanks very much for having me. Certainly appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye.